Chris McMonagle here with you on The Fan. I got you for three hours. You know how it works. I got you till 5 o'clock in the warm-up show, 877-337-6666. And unfortunately, today is one of those days. Today is a day that it's difficult to do what we do. It's difficult to play in the uh, proverbial toy department, which is what we like to call it on days like today, where it's just, you know, I... We'll get into it. We'll get into Yankees and Boone and how much we love them, right? That doesn't change. We, we, we're into what we're into. And I'm looking forward to the baseball season. The Knicks dealing with injuries have now, you know, faded down the stretch heading into the All-Star break, and they need it as they lose four in a row. But obviously the biggest story in the country right now is one you can't get away from and one this country can't seem to get away from as 20 or more wounded and unfortunately, one person lost uh, their life, Lisa Lopez, who actually is a DJ for a radio station, KKFI, out in Kansas City as there was an active shooting incident at the championship parade for the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's just it's one of those things where you're sick to your stomach. I woke up uh, late to it, obviously. You know my sleeping schedule. So I went to bed arguing that I'm all in at the radio station. And I, I, you know, and that's just, you know, we'll just, that's part of the other just nonsense and fun stuff that we try and do here for a lot of the time. And I wake up to this, you know, terrible story and it's just more, and it hits us here as it's, you know, sports related. And of course, 11 children wounded as well. Thankfully, it sounds like all of them are expected to make full recoveries, but, you know, it hits you as someone who... As I mentioned, how much, you know, how the passion we have for sports. And if you just take a second, just focus on the idea that this is yet another thing. I mean, you you, you add the, the championship parade to movie theaters and concerts. And obviously, just sending your children to school. And as a father of two young boys, the idea of taking them to a championship parade, whether it be the Yankees, hopefully, or the Giants, or the Knicks, or whatever team, you know, you root for, the Jets, the the Mets, the Islanders, the Rangers, whatever team you root for. I mean, I have aspirations and of taking my kids to these kind of things. You want to experience these kind of things. You like to celebrate. It's part of who we are. You know, gathering and being with, you know, other people and celebrating moments like this and enjoying the many aspects of life. And then just down to the simple things of sending your kids to school and not having any fear. And unfortunately, in many ways, we feel robbed of that. And it's never more than when you hear stories like today and you see what transpired at this event and how many people wounded. And then you also see the heroics of some people who tackle, you know, the shooter and people who step up 
and who are heroes in, in moments like this. And it's the, the best and the worst of who we are. And we don't have to get political and we don't have to, you know, get into that angle of it. Whatever side we're on, we're all on the side of ending this. Like there's no, there's no one who's okay with this. And somehow, some way, we have to get to a place where we are shocked into action. And I don't know if this will be that time. Because there's been so many others, and it seems like we talk about it. Everyone's in an outrage. We all sends our, send our thoughts and prayers, and we're disgusted, and we're sick. And then we go on with life. And this you know, doesn't get addressed as much as it should. And to have to hear that 11 children who were there celebrating their heroes and and celebrating a moment that they would, you know, that you never forget. I mean, to specifically take this to a championship parade, like, you know, we talk about it here, the, you know, Joe Beningo and, and the, the different people who would live and die, you know, Evan, who's never seen a championship for his team, all the different people who would be desperate to go to a parade and celebrate, and now there'll always be that thought in the back of your mind, unfortunately. And the Chiefs have done a great job, and they've reached out and comforted people, and I'm sure you're going to hear many stories of going to the hospitals and, and visiting. And But this will always be something that will stay with the people who are involved and should stay with us a lot more than it does. And unfortunately, you just feel like at any moment, you know, you always, you get lulled into sleep about it and then things like this happen and suddenly everywhere you go, you will have your, you know, head on a swivel. You go to the movie theater, you remember that incident. You go to the supermarket, you go to a club, you go to a championship parade, an outdoor concert. And these are the things that, you know, shock us back into reality. It makes what we do difficult. Because we are, I'm going to get into Boone and some of the comments he made, and it's trivial. It's trivial compared to life and death situations that present themselves over and over and over again. And it's just, you know, it's a, it's a terrible day. And a day that should have been, certainly for 11 children and everyone there, should have been one of the more memorable days of their lives. Because I know it seems like the Kansas City Chiefs win championships every year, but... Eventually, they will no longer have Patrick Mahomes. And eventually, they will go a long time without being able to celebrate. And I know this is sort of the, the minor angle of it. But the idea that so many of these things are marred, so many of the ideas of just our children being safe at school, the idea of being able to go to these events. And like I said, I have, I have you know dreams of taking my kids to a championship parade. Thankfully, hopefully, I'm in a position with what I do and, and you know, where I am and the idea that maybe I would have the ability to take my kids to that parade or be a part of that parade in some way or do whatever. Like the idea that now there is some sort of fear in the back of your mind that any sort of public event is always something you need to be leery of and be afraid of and take into consideration. And that is just a terrible thought. And for this, you know, young woman, Lisa Lopez, who lost her life, mother of two, it's not even just the people who are there that it affects. I'm assuming her children weren't there, but they'll never forget this day either. It's a terrible, terrible, horrible situation that puts a pit 
in the middle of your stomach, and it makes you question so many things about who we are and how we handle things and what we do as a country. And it's just another reminder of how precious life is and how you can't take these things for granted. And it's just a sad day, and that's where we'll start today, 877-337-6666. We'll get into what we normally do because that is what we normally do. We, the Yankees did report to spring training. Aaron Boone did speak. He said a couple things I find interesting as far as Yankees go. But again, today is one of the days where I don't feel like singing the open. I don't feel like screaming, yes, sir, yes, sir. And it's difficult to get into the topics we'll try and get into. But it is what we do, and we do move forward. But we remember the people who were hurt. Obviously, Lisa Lopez uh, of KKFI, who lost her life. And all the people that were wounded that day and all the people who had to deal with that tragic situation in Kansas City. And it's just a a tough day. It was a tough thing to wake up to. It's a tough news to read. It's tough to watch on the television. It's just, and it it obviously on some ways hits more home than others considering what we do in sports related and the idea of championship parade. You expect to take your kids and make it be one of the more memorable moments of their life. And for some reason, that's where I, you know, I'm, I tend to think of it like this is a moment where I would assume taking your children to would be the prospect of having one of the great, more memorable days you've ever had. And unfortunately, it's marred with this horrible incident. So we do send our thoughts and prayers, and we hope everyone recovers who can recover. It sounds like uh, certainly. Everyone is on their path to recovery, everyone who is injured, certainly the 11 children. That's what it sounds like, and hopefully everyone is, but tough day to do what we do, and uh, another tough day for our country. Your official station to talk Giants, The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Two seventeen. Chris McMonagle here with you. 877-337-6666. So, yeah, I mean, just a tough day and a sad, sad story, and one, unfortunately, we are not unfamiliar with. Um, I guess it is, and like I mentioned, you know, the the parade angle to this, uh, uh, obviously, it was at a championship parade, and I've been to parade. I, I didn't go as a, a young boy with the Yankees. I did go to the 2009 parade, so I was an older I guess it was 27 or 28, whatever I was. Um, no, that doesn't make any sense. 26, 25, doesn't matter. Um, and I, again, I that's what I, I, the dream is to take the kids to the parade. And it's just, it's a terrible, terrible situation. And the idea that you can add, you know, this to another idea of just, Things that just aren't safe or you're not 100% sure about. And you, I'm sure, what was it, 800? You know, this is something that is has security there. It's not like this is something where, you know, there's no police presence. So, I mean, it's just, it could happen anywhere, unfortunately. And like I said, whatever we, I know we all, whatever side, and again, do not want to get political, whatever side we all, we're on. I know we all want this to stop. We may disagree on what's best to make it stop, but let's let's start with trying something. 
How about that? Let's just try something. Because this is, it's just, it's never ending. And we've gone, we've grown far too accustomed to it. 877-337-6666. But we'll turn the page and we will get to baseball because I try and focus on things that, you know, for a brief moment at least, take our minds off of it. And for me, baseball is my favorite mind-altering subject. Whenever... Whenever things come up in my life, I try and focus on baseball because I love it. And the Yankees did have the team report to spring training. And Aaron Boone did speak. And the season is about to start. And I am excited about spring training. And I am excited about pitchers and catchers. And I am looking forward to the season. And let me just start here because I saw I don't normally just go off reports and, and people's opinions. And I like Andy Martino. I do. I was part of the Carton Roberts show that kind of would get on him. And I know there's a lot of Met fans out there who don't necessarily believe every word that comes out of his mouth. But Andy Martino said something today about how the Yankees should extend Aaron Boone right now. He understands they won't, but he thinks they should extend Aaron Boone right now. And before I get into what needs to be said about Aaron Boone and what he said today and some of the different angles on the Yankees and one particular player in general that hasn't been discussed that much that you can tell right away is an integral part of the Yankees if you listen to Aaron Boone. That's what we'll talk about next. But I love Aaron. I'm a big Aaron Boone guy. I defend Aaron Boone in almost every turn to everyone who will call up and tell me what a terrible manager he is. There's a gentleman. I'll give him a pop because I do think he does a great job, even though I disagree with him a lot. He writes a little bit. uh, Neil Keefe. Is a guy on Twitter. I'm constantly arguing with Neil about Aaron Boone. I'll argue with anyone about Aaron Boone. I know Fleeg's guy JJ is not a big Aaron Boone fan. Mike Carver, I have discussions with, who used to work at the station, about Aaron Boone. I'm constantly arguing for Aaron Boone. I think he's a fine manager. I like Aaron Boone. I think he gets way too much flack. I think he handles the bullpen far better than people think he does. Uh, his biggest thing for me was that disaster of the 2020 uh, postseason where they decided to go to the bullpen thinking they would uh, and and not allow Debbie Garcia to get out of the first inning and they thought they were going to pull a fast one on the Rays and it was an absolute disaster and that's not just on him but the the idea that he allowed that to happen that's to me the biggest blunder and there's been others but he's not perfect by any stretch but Aaron Boone's a, I think a damn good manager I think the team loves him. I think the, the Aaron Judge, the most important player on the team, loves him. I think they they know he's got their back. I know I think they know he fights for him. And I think Sal Licata, who again I love, and is not a clown, all, except on the days he decides to dress up like one. I had a caller call Sal a clown a couple times yesterday. Sal's not a clown. I'm arguing Sal's not a clown. And then he shows up as doink the next day. But I know Sal calls him a data applicator and all that stuff, and he's he's viewed as the puppet of Brian Cashman. I don't agree with any of that. There's some level of that in every team in baseball. There's some level of the general manager giving, you know, pretty strong advice that he expects to either be be somewhat followed or have damn good reasoning why you didn't follow it. That's the new era of baseball. It's no longer here's the players, uh, you know, Billy. We added we added uh, Reggie Jackson this year, Billy. You decide where to hit him. You you go take the team. Like it's not that anymore. We understand that the Billy Martins of the world no longer exist. 
But I still think Aaron Boone's the man who makes the decisions on the field and who pulls the pitchers when he pulls the pitchers and who does all that. But the idea from uh, Andy Martino that he should be extended. And again, I love him. How the hell do you give this guy a contract off an 82-win season? Off of the most disappointing, horrendous season that any manager has had for the New York Yankees since before Buck Showalter, practically. I like Aaron Boone. I think he's a good manager, but he's got something to prove here. He just got Juan Soto. He's added Verdugo. This offense had better pick up, and this team has to win. And this team probably has to get off to a good start. I don't think they would fire him midseason. I don't. No matter how bad it gets, I think they would just ride out the year and then move on from him next year. Worst case scenario for Boone and for the Yankees. But I can't give him a contract now. I mean, that's the first when I saw that. I was like, no, you can't give him a. Let's. I talk about incentivizing, right? Let's let's incentivize the entire team to keep the manager they love. Let's incentivize Boone to have a little urgency, which I think is the one thing, if you're being fair about Aaron Boone teams. And I think, listen, I think you can make the case about Joe Torre teams. The only difference was is he had Derek Jeter and Paul O'Neill, and like, you know, he had, a, he had the guys who init- who brought their urgency. But I think there is, and, and he would go crazy with bullpen. But the, at, the overall atmosphere is where the Yankees will be fine. I think Joe Torre had some of that, but he had a lot more urgency in his bullpen, that's for sure. That's before the days of worrying about bullpen arms. But, like, that's the one thing I'll say. There's a little bit of where the Yankees will be fine. But I think if you've listened to them today and you've listened to this Yankee team, despite not making the overall general changes you wanted in the in the organization, right? And that seems to have gone and no one cares. Now it's a matter of winning. But we expected big-time changes in the operation, and we're going to have an audit, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And none of it has come true. None of it. The Yankees have made no changes, right? The Yankees have made no changes. The Yankees are doing business as, as normal, other than they went out and made the big splash and got Juan Soto, added some payroll, got Verdugo, got some left-handed hitters, which I think many Yankee fans felt was somehow out of the out of their most recent uh, ideas of baseball, that they wanted nothing but right-handed hitters, which I never agreed with. It's just the way it happened, and they weren't going to get lesser players just because they were left-handed. But now they've added the left-handed hitters. They're a more balanced team. There's you know There's more to it like that. But they really haven't made any changes. But the one thing I would say is you are hearing from Boone if you listen to this press conference. One, no more assumption that they are a World Series championship team. He could not have made it more clear that they have a lot of proving to do. He said it over and over again. And previous years, it's kind of been like, hey, you know, last year we won this many games and we're right there and it's just a matter of this and we're as good as anybody. You heard a lot about, you've heard a lot of that from Boone, from Cashman this year and what we've heard so far from the manager and from Brian Cashman, really since the talking started with Hal uh, is, as the offseason off began in late November, early December, this team recognizes that they have lost the belief from certainly the fans that they are just a rote, take-it-to-the-bank World Series contender and that they have things to prove. And that's what I want to see Boone prove things before I give him another contract, before I even think of giving him another contract. As much as I think he's a damn good manager, I can't give him a contract. He's got stuff to prove. This team has things to prove. And this lineup has things to prove. And this rotation, more specifically, 
has things to prove. Right? That's where the real question marks of this Yankee teams as as they show up and Rodon through today and Marcus Stroman through today. And we heard some of the different injury stuff. Uh Efros, who we were expecting to recover from Tommy John and be somewhat ready at the start of the year, had back surgery in December. He's not going to be around until the summer, so you can scratch his name off any list of significance to start the year. And we'll see what happens even at the summertime. And then the other news was Trevino uh had a calf strain, and so he's slow to camp and but should be ready for opening day. I don't know how big of a deal that is as pitchers and catchers report, but as this team comes to start this journey that is the 2024 season, which right now I would say in my history of being a Yankee fan and my history of following the team as closely as I follow it today, I don't know if I've ever if I've if the Yankees have ever come to camp or had a team that has been more just straight up a one-year plan. I can't tell you about the future of this team. I know there's Judge. I know there's Cole, right? And we talk about that being the core of the team. And you want as long as you have the two of them, there's a championship window. And that's why you got to go for it. And that's why you don't break it down. And that's why you go out and spend and blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, the amount of people who are possibly not going to be with the team next year, there's just so many. That I don't know, like, you are talking about Rizzo, Soto, Torres, Holmes. Like, there are just so many different pieces of this team. Trevino, like, there's a whole bunch of guys on this team who might not be here next year. And it's difficult to look forward at the plan and think, well, okay, yeah, they have... Volpe, and we'll see what he is. They have Judge. They have Cole. But ultimately, like, a lot of their roster, Verdugo is another one who won't be here necessarily, who's got no – like, so right now, I don't ever remember a Yankee team more based in this is the year. And that's why we talked about the offseason being slightly disappointing besides – despite the fact they got Juan Soto because this was the year. After they got Juan Soto and Verdugo both – with one year of, of of control, you knew this year was going to be massively important. And that's why you wanted better than Marcus Stroman. I think Marcus Stroman's probably the best deal of the entire offseason so far. I don't think pound for pound you look at another another signing in this offseason, and there's obviously more to come as a million uh, free agents are still out there. But I don't think you could look at another free agent signing in the entire offseason that pound for pound for what he is and what you get, there's a better deal out there. That's the best deal that I – that's the best bargain agreement and a bargain contract the entire offseason. But he's not another ace. He's not a top of the rotation guy. They don't have a legitimate, you know for sure, is a knock them down closer. They don't have a second starter. They don't have the depth in the rotation that would really make you secure in it. So they didn't go out and do those things and finish off that year to make sure that this coming season is the World Series runs through the Bronx, which is what you were looking for considering how many different guys could not be here next year and suddenly the whole thing's up in the air. And especially if you have to go give Juan Soto five, five fifty, six hundred million dollars, that's probably on the extreme end, but somewhere around there, who knows what you'll be able to afford because we still think and know that Hal has his limits. 
So you could be looking at piecemealing every other piece that goes. Say they rewind, uh, re-sign Soto. Do you think they're going to give Gleyber Torres that co- the contract he's going to get on the free agent market if he has another year like last year? No. Do they pay someone like Rizzo again? No. Do they replace left field with a, a, a big-time free agent bat? No, probably not. So you could be talking about going cheap or through the organization in left field, cheap or through the organization at second base, cheap or through the organization at first base. Uh, you know, it's who knows what this team looks like. It is now. And we've talked about Carlos Rodon being a huge part of the team. And in his first press conference, Aaron Boone made another player. He mentioned another player multiple times and was very specific about a certain Yankee that he believes is going to be a centerpiece of the team. And we'll get to it next. 877-337-6666. McMonagle here with you. So we'll, we'll get into the Yankees. Obviously the Knicks, as they now head to the All-Star break, desperate for it. It sounds like they expect everyone who missed last night's game to be back after the All-Star break. They're expecting DiVincenzo to be ready to play, Hartenstein to be ready to play, Bogdanovich ready to play. But they, they played a game in Orlando last night where they had nobody but, you know, Brunson and Hart, and despite getting out early, got absolutely torched in the second half with no one, really in the second quarter throughout the rest of the game, had no one to play, and they limp in to the All-Star break, banged up and battered, and in a four-game losing streak. And it is, it, is, it is time to rest up and get ready to come out of that, out of that break playing a hell of a lot better and stem the tide and make sure that they get to these injuries coming back. They make sure they get to a they stay in a position where they're still in it for when Ananobi comes back, where they're still looking to make a big time run when Randall comes back, Mitchell Robinson, because right now the amount of injuries and the way they're playing, we have quickly forgotten about that early January start. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Swung on. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 62 to set the new American League record. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. All right, so who's the Yankee? Who's the Yankee that Aaron Boone singled out multiple times in his press conference that he that he made it seem as an integral part and will be, because I think the question was asked, to be fair, by Michael K. And he said, can you name a, and he mentioned it multiple times before this question, but the question was, Are there any players out there that you believe are like the crux of the season? Like, you know, as they go, the season will go. Or if you have a good season, they'll be, they'll have a good year and vice versa. And clearly, before Boone even answered, I think we all understand Carlos Rodon is numero uno. I don't think there's any debate. Carlos Rodon is the most important Yankee by a mile. By a mile. If he reverts back to what he was for the last two years before last year and becomes a legitimate number two behind Cole. And to give you that right, righty-lefty punch, big-time strikeout numbers, dominant force, which is what he was. Now, he didn't do it forever. He had three years like that. It's not like it's been every other year of his career and, and last year was the one blip, but 
for two years in particular, for sure, he was a dominant force. And if he can get back to that, I think that is then, – then I don't feel so bad about not getting Snell. I don't feel so bad about not getting Yamamoto. I don't feel so bad about not you know, trading for Burns or Bieber or Cease. Then he fills that role. And I think that's by far – he is by far the most important Yankee this, off, this, this upcoming season. There's no doubt in my mind. But the other that was singled out by the head coach, none other than DJ LeMayhew. He says DJ LeMayu looks terrific. He's about as healthy and looks as explosive in the batter's box as he has in the last couple years. He's running better. He feels great. And ultimately, he, and this was the line that's caught a couple people off guard. He like, he hopes that DJ LeMayu is the leadoff hitter. Well, I mean, that's going to play to the conspiracy theorist who thinks Boone doesn't make the lineup. But I think he just means he hopes he's good enough to stay in that spot. They like DJ as the leadoff hitter, the contact hitter. And I think that is true. If you look at if DJ LeMayhew, now in the second half of the season, he was pretty good. He was an almost a 300 hitter. I think he was right around 290 or so for the second half. If he can get back to being a, a 300 hitter or better and be close, I don't know if he'll ever get back to where he was exactly in 19 and 20, but if he reverts back to being close to the player he was in 2019 and 2020 and he's a 300 hitter, who leads the world in multiple hits in a game, you know, is as clutch and as good with runners in scoring position as anybody in baseball. And that's what he was for two years with the Yankees. And that's why he earned the long-term contract. If they can have that DJ LeMahieu in front of Soto and Judge in whatever order, I like that order of Soto and Judge, but I don't care if it's Judge and Soto. And, and as we get closer to the, to the season, We'll get into a little bit more of lineup construction. and But ultimately, right now, I don't care. We we understand how important the leadoff hitters because they don't really have one. I think, th- theoretically, if if uh, Volpe progresses and becomes a 260, 270, 340 on base kind of guy, then I think he's the best suited to be the leadoff hitter. But I think going into the season, they're hoping it's DJ LeMahieu. And they're hoping that he's back to being himself after dealing with foot injuries and, you know, dealing with different things. Hopefully he comes back and can be that guy he was for those two years because, yeah, I think that makes the lineup completely different. If you have that DJ LeMayhew hitting in front of Soto and Judge and an on-base kind of guy and a contact kind of guy and a make-a-pitcher-work kind of guy, um, that is, despite the fact he doesn't run particularly well for a leadoff man, like that's... Which is an overblown thing too. I get call after call. There's no speed in the top of the lineup. Everyone loves the Phillies. Sure, uh, you know Schwarber was their leadoff hitter. Why can't the Yankees lineup be more like the Philly lineup? Well, Schwarber, who I could probably run faster than, is the leadoff hitter there. So please, it's not about that anymore. It's just not. It's about getting on base. It's about making pitchers work. It's about putting the bat on the ball. You want limited strikeouts and you want on base percentage. That's what you want from your leadoff hitter. And there's no question of a um, a, an, a healthy DJ LeMahieu, similar to what he was a couple of years ago, is their best answer to start the season. And right now, you can tell, you know, yeah, listen, you want Stanton to be healthy. He's come here uh, in good shape. All the different guys who needed to have good off seasons had good off seasons, according to Aaron Boone. And there's different guys who've come here in shape, looking to have a bounce back year. If you listen to the manager, and I think he's right. If DJ LeMahieu is the one who has that big bounce back year, 
that's probably what's best for this lineup. As much as Stanton can be a threat, and God knows I would love to see it, what you really want is the top of that lineup to be devastatingly good. That's what you want. You want the first innings to be impossible, and then you want that lineup to turn over and have you know Volpe hitting ninth, being a pesky hitter there, and then that lineup turns over, and it is devastating, one, two, three. That's what I want. I want that devastating one, two, three. And if DJ LeMahieu can revert back to being that 320 hitter, 315 hitter, then that's exactly what they'll have. 877-337-6666. Let's get to the calls. Mike in Woodbridge. What's up, Mike? Hey, how you doing? Hey, good. How are you, Michael? I kind of disagree with you on a sure. lot of things here. Let's go. <laughs> all right. First of all, uh, I, I, me personally, back to ball. I'll take Verdugo at the top. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, I will... he's not he's not as good. I don't think he's as good as DJ LeMahieu bat to ball, but uh, not when he's healthy. But I think that's part of what Boone is saying. He hopes because that yeah, if, if might if, work if... out to be the best bet. Um, as far as next year goes, yeah, I'm in the minority. Let's Soto walk. I'll take my outfield as Spencer Jones. Uh, I don't know if Dominguez he's, yeah. I don't know if he's and, next and year. I don't know if he's next year. He might be a year after that. But I, I get your point. But no, I mean you can't let Soto. You can't let Soto walk. Why would you There's want to let Soto walk? There's two people in the minors right now that are rated above Spencer Jones. You have outfield depth in the minors. What does that so, have to? Yeah, they none of them. And I promise you, not Spencer Jones. Not any of those other depth pieces added all up together are going to be Juan Soto. He's a Hall oh, of Famer. I, 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 I totally agree. So with why you wouldn't on that. why wouldn't you want the next seven years to be Juan Soto and Judge hitting back to back? All right. What are you doing with first and third base? Uh, third base will be DJ LeMahieu for the next couple of years before his contract runs up, and then first base. How much realistic? production yeah. are you getting out of him? Well, we'll see. Base. We'll see what the year is. If not, then they'll pivot and get somebody, but it won't be. You're right. It'll be a it'll be a lesser third baseman. It'll be it'll be someone who's probably good with the glove, less so with the bat. Probably and the same thing as you first. You have somebody in the minors at first base who yeah. can produce. Uh Rice who's in the minors that's yes. uh, yeah, all right. So yes. then there's your answer at first base. Let Rizzo go and bring up Rice in first. Exactly. So? And then you have two minor league pitchers at Hampton and Warren yeah. that are on the verge, maybe a year two away, but they're on the verge. And you have your starting three already with Rodon. Um, yeah, I know, but he's, he's a question mark. You're getting on me for DJ LeMahieu. I mean, Rodon's a question mark, no? Well, I, I, I can agree with that, no doubt. Right. No doubt. All right. So, what are you saying? You agree with the idea that I don't? I don't necessarily see a uh, a future. I'm, I'm not saying I don't see a future that they're screwed necessarily. They're the Yankees. They'll figure something out. I, I'm by no means am I saying the Yankees are screwed after this year. What I'm saying is, is typically the team has more guys under control where you know what the core is going to look like for a while. I know it's young. I know there's. We'll see if Wells becomes part of the core. Dominguez becomes part of the core. Volpe becomes part of the core. But ultimately, I mean, that's a lot of guys, right? Think of how many guys in the lineup right now. Rizzo, Soto, Verdugo, Torres. That's four out of nine right there who aren't under contract next year. That's a lot for the New York Yankees. 
and and I'm willing to drop a hundred million dollars in payroll to be able to have the 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 way to move in the direction that you need to move. I don't want to be tied into a guy in Soto for hundreds of millions of dollars. But I mean, look at Stanton. What are you doing with him? Yeah, but what age is Stanton at? You, I mean, like that's what I'm like. You know, the 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 catcher for uh, like you want to be like more like Baltimore, right? Where they're young and uh, exactly. good everywhere. Exactly. Right. Well, exactly. Well, what's well, what's what you like? Rushman, the catcher in Baltimore. Man, what what? Uh. <laughs> no, he's the best catcher in baseball. You don't like him? Yeah, he. There were over the past ten years. Every year, there has been a new best catcher in baseball. Yeah, I know, but he's. But my point is, he's six months older than Juan Soto. He's six months older than Juan Soto. If you you are, Juan Soto. Money Juan Soto is Juan Soto's just at the beginning of the prime of his career. Like it's not like Stanton; they're not getting him at twenty nine. I, I, he's a Hall of Fame player. Yeah, I, I grant you that. Well, that's what he you... is going to finish as a Hall of Fame player. Yes. Well, why don't so, you want that? You in hopes of what? In hopes of him. what? Even say that. Say you did. Say you gave away too much for him. Does it make sense to then compare? Like, give up him for nothing? You were like, willing you, you to gave bring up, up a lot Volpe. so you could keep on Soto for the next 10 to 15 years. You were willing to bring up Volpe for having played what how many how many games in Triple A? Uh, six. Like little literally minimal. See, nothing. Yeah. No, <laughs> Why minimal. can't you do that with another outfielder? Because you can <laughs> because I don't know how you feel about it, but how many spots are you going to do that? You got to pick and choose. That's what I'm saying. Like that's what you get Juan Soto, and now you're young at catcher with Wells and inexpensive. I, you're young and inexpensive with Volpe at shortstop. You're young, young and inexpensive in center field with Dominguez. That's how you make it all work. But you also I need the stars and the great players. I can't just put. I can't bring up the farm system and play them at every position and hope it works out. I understand that, and I completely agree with the direction they went this year. But I'm looking towards even next year. Right. Like, I'm willing to sacrifice something for next year. I want to drop $100 million in payroll so they're not over $300 million. Why? What, are, are you going to guarantee next five years? Are they, asking you for, are they asking you for the tax money? Do you think the ticket prices are coming down? Why do you care about the money Al spends? No. I want the best team out down. there. They're only going up. Well, that's what I'm saying. So why do you care about the money? I want the best team. Well, why do you want to? Why you make it seem like dropping a hundred million dollars is a priority to you? Why the hell would you want to drop a hundred million dollars in payroll? My my whole upbringing in baseball was pitching and defense. Okay, Soto is not a great defender. No, he's not. He's a great hitter. He's a great hitter. He's a phenomenal. He's a, he's a world class hitter. He's one of the best hitters in the sport. You can get defense in other places. So I you're mean, going to go to the middle of the year, probably have Stanton. Hitting, uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, two twenty to two thirty, and I'm hoping he winds up with twenty five home runs at the end of the year. Yeah, if he's healthy, he'll that that won't be. You're right on the batting average. Uh, I, I if he if he plays, you know, most of the season, that's not a problem. He'll hit thirty thirty five. I, I the home runs, I don't think are a problem. Uh, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, year. if he's but, healthy, uh, he'll hit the home runs. You're going to be eating that for what? The next couple years. Mm-hmm. 
No doubt. And that's why we, they're going to take a lot of what you're saying and go young in other spots. You can't just exactly. do it. You, but you can't do it everywhere. Somewhere, I mean, but, you go young so you can give Soto money. I don't like that's what I'm saying. Like, you're, you're half right. You don't go out and put an all star or a big free agent at every position. I mean, but you're going to be talking about. Like and eventually, I think that's the transition. They'll they'll eat up probably the last. They don't want to eat up his contract now, but eventually they'll 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 eat up most of the contract of Stanton over the last couple of years. They'll move Soto to mostly DH, and they'll bring up Spencer Jones to be an outfielder. Yes. So definitely. what's the problem with that? He's going to play center field. You can't keep Judge in center field. No, it's I agree. Eat him up. Yeah, I don't know. He's got every time he's gotten hurt, it's in right field. He ran into the wall in right field. He yeah, dove for a ball and broke his lot, broke his ribs in stuff. right field. What? Free? I mean, you're running into a wall with a concrete base. No, I understand that, but then, but my point is, is when he gets hurt, it's not because he doesn't have soft. It's not like he pulled a hamstring from running so much, or like all it is is covering more ground in center field. You're more likely to bang into walls, and that's how he's gotten hurt. He got hurt diving for a ball and broke a rib. That could happen in center field, right field, left field. He's gotten hurt running into walls. Like, that's where he's gotten banged up. It's not like he's gotten banged up just on a full sprint and tore a calf or something. That's not uh, – that's that's uh, been more of Stanton's injury. Stanton's been the soft tissue image, injury. Oh, he's been the guy with the – Most definitely. The, so, definitely, I mean, Judge yeah. – I'm not that concerned about Judge just running. Like, he's been pretty healthy. He's been able to do that without an issue. I am I am just worried about eating up so much money on the payroll. You know how Hal is. He he's not big on spending. So For the eating stars, up so much will. payroll on Stanton. Yeah. It, 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 yeah, mean, but that's already here. There's nothing you could do about that. Stanton's already going to make the money. That's it. There's not that contract's done. It's signed. There's no way to move him. No one would take him, and he's got a no trade clause. At some point, yeah. you're going to eat the. You'll get to. I got. I think he's going to. I think he has four more years after this one. So exactly. at some at some point they'll probably play him the next two years, and then the last two years if he's really miserable and horrible they'll just eat it, and then right. they'll but I mean but that contract's done and and not and thank you for the call Mike, not going to Soto makes no sense to me. Like not wanting to sign Soto makes no sense to me. I had a guy from uh, San Diego who got called a lot of names. I wish he would call back and we could have another discussion. And he told me Soto's a bum and only looks to walk. And uh, the Yankees would be stupid to drop money. No, 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 no. This is one of the great players in baseball. This is the New York Yankees. When you trade for one of the best players in baseball, and now he's in your uniform for a year, and hopefully for a team that at, at bare minimum makes the World Series. That's what we're all hoping for. You don't let him go because you got Spencer Jones. Now, you don't trade Spencer Jones for a rental. I, I agree with that, and I hope Spencer Jones can make an impact on this team, and I just explained to you how. Eventually, Stanton's no longer a part of the team, whether they eat his contract or do find a miracle way to move him. And then you move Soto to mostly DH, and you play Spencer Jones in the outfield. That's what you do. And yeah, you pay a, a, a pretty much a DH $40 million a year. Do you think the Do you think the Red Sox regret paying Big Poppy money? I know you were built on defense and pitching wins championships. I, I agree on some level, certainly the pitching, but in the scenario I just painted, you've got a Spencer Jones, Jason Dominguez, and Aaron Judge outfield in a couple of years, and there's your defense. You got Volpe just won the Gold Glove at, at shortstop. You probably go either Peraza at second base, or you get another light hitting second baseman who's good defensively. Like, yeah, they are going to suffer in other areas. 
to keep Stanton on the team, to keep Judge's contract, to keep Cole's contract, to keep Rodon's contract, and then to sign Soto, they're going to go cheap elsewhere. Like, like for example, not giving Hader $100 million to be your closer. And they probably won't give uh, another Rizzo-type contract or big money to a first baseman. Maybe they'll go young there as well or get a, a light-hitting first baseman who's good defensively to go. Like, that's what they'll do. First base will suffer. Third base will suffer. But you'll also have a young core of the team up the middle at catcher with Wells, uh, Volpe at short, and Dominguez in center or Spencer Jones in center if he's the better center fielder, whatever the case may be. So you've gotten young up the middle. you got another outfielder in Spencer Jones who's young. And then you got the big superstars in Judge, Cole, Soto, who, by the way, again, is younger than Adley Rushman. I mean, he's he, it's ridiculous how young the guy is. He's 25 years old. He's going to be 26 years old. You're getting him for the prime of his career. You can sign him to 15 years. It's the same as signing Judge to nine. Like, the, the, you can't pass up a 25-year-old Hall of Fame player when he's already in your uniform. You can't pass it up. The Yankees would be stupid. The Yankees would be stupid. And I know there's reports, there were reports certainly, that they didn't want to give Yamamoto more than Cole. If there is anyone in that organization, if I'm Brian Cashman, honestly, I, I mean this wholeheartedly, if I'm Brian Cashman or I am Hal Steinbrenner, and better yet, Hal Steinbrenner, and someone comes to me and honestly says, and honestly utters these words, unless it's, unless it's Boone or Judge himself, but if anyone comes to me and goes, hey, you really think we should pay someone more than more than judge and give overall numbers more than judge, do you think that's fair? I would tell him to turn around, walk out, and go work for someone else. Yes. Judge is the captain of the team. It doesn't mean he has to make the most money. Judge is the best. I prefer, I think Judge is the better overall player than Juan Soto. That's that's how great Judge has become. He's the better overall player. He's a more dynamic power bat. I, I, Average-wise, he's he's proven to be a slightly better over the last couple of years. On base percentage-wise, it's not the same. Soto's, Soto gets on base more. I think Soto strikes out less, certainly. Judge is a better power hitter, and Judge is probably a better overall hitter. Plus, he's a plus-plus defender, and Soto's not very good. Judge is the better overall player. He won't be the first player in history to make less money than someone else who's not quite as good. That's how free agency works. Plus, it's the age if Judge hit free agency at 26, he'd make more money than he makes now. You pay Soto, you pay Judge, the Yankees pay superstars, and then they have a young core as well. That's the future. But my point is this year, it's all about winning this year because there are so many questions. I just gave you a couple of my answers, but that's if Soto signs. What if Soto doesn't sign? Then what do they do? They've got so many guys coming off the books this year. When you look at this team, it is kind of, it's just murky. I think they have decent answers to it. And if they don't get Soto, they'll go spend in the offseason. That's what they'll do. They're the Yankees. They'll field a playoff caliber team. I have no doubt. But just trying to forecast exactly what this team looks like is difficult right now because you are talking about four of the, of the nine hitters in this year's lineup not under contract next year. Four. Half the damn team. Half the damn offense is not under contract next year. Never mind the bullpen. 
So uh, where there, there's a couple of big time pieces there. Holmes isn't a part. Like we don't know what the back end of the bullpen is going to look like. We don't know what half the lineup is going to look like. That's unique for the Yankees. This is a this is a big season, and then an off season next year that will determine the shape of the team. But I'm just saying, like heading into this off season, excuse me, heading into this spring training, I don't ever remember a season. There's always pressure to win the World Series. There's always that feeling like this needs to be the year, certainly for all these years that they haven't won one since 09. But I don't ever remember going and starting a year where I looked at a Yankee team and said, man, it is all about this year because next year is completely up in the air. I have no idea. I'm gonna. They'll spend money and they'll field the team, but what does it look like? Does it have, does it have Soto on it? Does it have Torres on it? Does it have Verdugo on it? Does it have, you know, I have no idea. Does it have Rizzo on it? Probably not. First base, left field, second base. Like all those spots are all up for grabs. It's very rare that they go into a year with that many key players, middle of the line of players, important players that do not have a, a, a future with this team on paper. It's unique. 